0: All right. Uh, Joining us on today's Money Talk all the way from, uh, I believe, Washington, D.C., his normal home base is Barry Wood, RTHK's international economic uh, correspondent. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Andrew. Are you indeed in in, uh, the nation's capital? (laughs) I am. Yes, I am indeed. All right. And it's getting dark. (laughs) All right. Good. You can give us the the end of day report. uh, And we'll get some analysis as well from Stuart Aldcroft, Asian fund management industry consultant. Uh, Stuart, welcome back. Yeah, good morning, Andrew. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, guys, I'm a little confused here. Uh, everybody's talking about how this Fed rate hike is, uh, is, is you know, dragging down the banks. Pac West down 27%. Uh, I've got others down 15%. The, the index for regional banks is down. But, I mean, we've all known this rate hike is coming. No surprises. Shouldn't this all be priced into the market already? Barry, wh- why this week? Why was everybody like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot the Fed rate hike was this week. You know, I mean, why is everybody so shocked, and, and why is this hitting market so so high?
1: Well, I think primarily, Andrew, it is the um, restructuring in the banking sector and the collapse of uh, First Republic in San Francisco, and it's being scooped up by J.P. Morgan Chase. I mean, I think that has caused a lot of the investment community to look to say, right. There's more trouble out there. We haven't even talked about commercial real estate, and that's perhaps the next shoe to drop. But I think that explains why the market is down. Plus, we are coming off of a terrible 2022. We had a rally in January, and then the market can't, those who watch indexes, it can't get past these, these uh, general uptrend marks so that 's my take, but uh, I would have more respect for what Stewart has to say
2: uh, yeah Barry the interesting thing i 've just in, in, in sort of trying to learn a bit more about this i 've realized that there are now around four thousand banks in America, regional banks in america that 's an awful lot of banks, um, and what we 're seeing now is a complete lack of confidence, particularly in the regional banks, the major banks, you know, the big ones like City, J.P. Morgan, uh, Chase, and uh, Bank of America, etc. I mean, they seem to be exempt from all of this, but but the, the these small regional banks have got a, a crisis of confidence, and the crisis of confidence is the, is is because, like a lot of these typical banks, they have been lending money out on medium to long-term loans for all sorts of types of businesses. A lot of it is property, a lot of it might be into technology businesses and to to development businesses. That's what Silicon Valley Bank was doing but they um, they borrow money that 's the uh, people depositing money with them on a short term basis, and that 's a mismatch and Now that people are seeing higher interest rates elsewhere, they can get um, uh, much higher rates of interest from money market funds as well as uh, uh, other sources they 're taking their money out of these regional banks. And the banks have not got the ability to foreclose on loans, and therefore they 're running out of money um, and and this is This is a crisis that has happened. Time after time, within the banking industry, it happened in the UK um, about uh, what about 15 years ago uh, among what was called building societies at the time, and we saw a massive change in the industry at that at that point. And I think this is what's going on in the in the US right now. And I I, I don't see this crisis of confidence um, going um, away for quite a long time, partly because the federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, has guaranteed the... Um, the, the, the deposits for all people who have put their money into these regional banks, and, and that, um, and, and their 100% guarantee, I think is also a part of the cause of the problem, uh, because people are able to take their money out without limitation, uh, without notice in, in, in most instances, and, and the banks can't cope with that. So th- this is this is the uh, this is the trouble that is being created for the moment, and for how long will it last? I have no idea, but mm-hmm. of course it does impact um, the stock prices of these banks, and this will bring down uh, the prices on the stock market in in some instances.
0: Okay, so so the banks can't chase the they can't pay their their customers the interest rates of the money markets are offering, so that because that that would put more pressure on their balance sheet. Yep. So then they're going to lose people. People can move their money out quickly. Yep. The FDIC is. Guaranteed deposits, which was intended to stop people taking money out because yep. they're not worried about the two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars part. So, but I mean, this this, this preference for depositors, I mean, uh, is part of the sell off now because of the way the First Republic takeover happened. I mean, the depositors got. Depositors got protected, but, I mean, uh, people with preferred shares got wiped out. I mean, a lot of institutional investors have to be looking at that and saying, well, if that's how it's going to get done, uh, forget it. I'm selling, you know, institutional investors are going to get out of those regions. No, this this,
2: this, this, is the, this is the issue, isn't it? The shareholders have no protection at all. And and we saw that with Credit Suisse in Switzerland, um, and and that is now the cause of some legal issues. And we we saw that with um, Silicon Valley Bank. We've now seen that um, uh, with First Republic, and I think we'll see that again. And this is why the share prices of these banks have been dropping like a brick.
1: Hmm. Um, Yeah, and Stuart, I really do agree with, with your emphasis on the crisis of confidence. That's what's going on. The irony is that people withdraw the money, they're not putting it into property. They're not putting it into the stock market. No, <laughs> like, no. It's almost like, you know, putting it under the mattress. Yeah. Uh, this well, is yeah, a bizarre time. Is, and and I money, will just market, make...
2: money market funds seem to be doing pretty well, raising a lot oh, of money. Right, but...
1: uh, fair enough. That, that seems to be the one place. But, yeah. you know, we still have a negative interest rate, don't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the overlays of what you're saying about this, this confidence as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, and it's an unprecedented pace of raising rates, is that most people, including the executives of regional banks, they've never lived in anything but a low interest rate environment. We've really had almost zero interest rates for a very long time. If you take out a couple blips around 2006-07 when the Fed did raise rates and then quickly backed off when Mm. we had the great financial crisis of 07-08-09 and began quantitative easing pumping all this money into the economy. You know I think people just don't know how to deal. None of us in the United States know really what to do with higher interest rates. We've had, as I mentioned, a couple periods in this 20-year period in which we had rising rates, but now we have what appears to be a sustained period of higher rates, and that is a really difficult adjustment.
2: You're selling Mm. yourself short here, Barry, because you and I are old enough to remember the time when we had double-digit interest rates. And,
1: uh, that's Fair enough, but most of those banking executives were not around then. Exactly, Stuart. most of
0: them oh. weren't even born. <laughs> <laughs> they got to get themselves to Berkshire Hathaway because yeah. aren't those guys Charlie Munger, ninety-nine or something now? Yes. You know, so yeah, that's right. He's 100 approaching a hundred. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, by the way, Andrew, I think touching on the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, which comes up on Saturday, hmm. this is going to be an interesting one because here's Warren. He Warren is coming up to ninety-three. So it's ninety-three and ninety-nine. Those two fellows have always been so optimistic, particularly Warren Buffett. I cannot imagine that he's gonna go much beyond his usual mantra that if you were born in the United States, you won the the, the 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 wholesale lottery and and therefore you're the luckiest person in the world. It's very hard to see bright Skies ahead, wouldn't you agree, Stuart?
2: Yes. Uh, will you be going, by the way, to the meeting you normally uh, often do? I suppose.
1: You're, but, you're um, right. I've been I've yeah. been several times, but the last time I got stranded in Omaha. They canceled <laughs> oh, well. flights out of Chicago. Uh, I do like Omaha, but well, I didn't like the idea of there. being stuck there. <laughs> So no, yeah. I'm not going.
2: No, um, I, th- I think part of the problem. Uh, but you know, the the U.S. has had a uh, had a very good time for the last 15 years. It's mm. uh, seen the stock markets go up very sharply. It's seen wealth recovered. Um, property prices have gone up, um, and and now we're seeing a reversal of that. And and I think this is this is something that uh, many of the analysts, certainly many of the 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 the, the writers in the media, they've not. Experienced Experienced this before, as we've said, mm-hmm. and and I think that's why it's becoming a bit more of a a, a, a depressed environment. Um, when we, we we're going to get the Federal Reserve um, uh, announcement later today, I think it's almost certain that they will increase interest rates by at least 25 basis points. But it's no longer the rate of interest that is of bother to many observers. It's the guidance that's coming out from the Fed as to what it will do in the future. And and whether or not it will say that this is the end of interest rate increases, which is very unlikely in my view. I mean, well, so you've, you've and got, you and
1: I disagree uh, on that one, but I do uh, think that the guidance they have on Wednesday afternoon is very important, more so than it's been for the past year.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, the Australians surprised us with a bit of a with a with a hike uh, that people didn't see coming. I mean, some you know we, we heard earlier that there are some analysts out there who are saying maybe the Fed will surprise us by not raising interest rates because inflation is coming under control. But I mean, the Aussies clearly didn't think so. I know the Europeans are still pretty hawkish. Is there a chance that we could get a fifty point basis? Well,
2: and uh, I've I've said said, Barry, um, that I thought that there is a chance of a 50 basis points increase in interest rates if the Fed wanted to try to choke off both inflation and put themselves in a much better position uh, mm-hmm. later this year to possibly decrease interest rates. I don't think they can at the moment consider decreasing interest rates and that's just, that's just not a possibility whilst inflation is not under control and that's, that's also part of the, the problem that the U.S. Um, uh, Fed is having to deal with—it it wants to get interest, sorry, it wants to get inflation under control. It can't do so. Uh, energy prices are, are rising. Now we're seeing wage demands rising, which is something that they thought they had got under control, and that's not happening. So it, 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 they've got a challenge faced uh, for the next uh, couple of months.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is about the American economy is it does it continues to astound. And but the Americans are very good. I mean, tech companies are, you know, they see a downturn coming, they cut. Uh, American companies' uh, labor starts going up, they automate. I mean, is there is there are, are Americans just more prone to, uh, you know, making things that will improve their productivity, the ultimate source of wealth? Is this how they're able to kind of keep keep moving ahead when everybody predicts doom and gloom, Barry?
1: Well, Andrew, those are very generous remarks. I I agree generally with the theme of what you just said, but uh, no I don't think we're, uh, uh, we're not immune and China is, it, you know China was really down and out for three years and I know there's debate about whether they're in a fast recovery or a slow recovery. Mm-hmm. The reason that we're paying so much attention to the states is that it is doing better than Europe which is the the third region that's really quite important and uh, the u s Federal Reserve tends to be the world 's central bank, so yeah, I, I, but as to whether the tech sectors cut back, yes, they have, but what 's going to be the result of that it 's going to be that probably the pace of innovation 's going to slow, and certainly the pace of investment is going to slow
2: yeah, and, and that second point you 're making, Barry, is absolutely spot on. Um, as we've seen um, with the Silicon Valley Bank um, closing and uh, with other regional banks, the uh, amount of money available to tech companies where previously it was maybe um, complete freedom, the free fall, enabled to have as much money as they like, that money is now being very out. restricted.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Stuart Aldcroft, we're going to let you have the final word for now. He's the Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant. Uh, I'll join by Barry Wood. Thank you very much, both. Still to come.